Hello, listeners, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast, and our season end wrap up. I'm Fry. I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find me and the freelance work I do on Twitter at Writer Vry, or you can find the other podcast I co-host at TrashPod. And with me today, once again, are Caitlin and Peter. Hi, I'm Caitlin. I am a writer and editor for uh, Anime Feminist, and I write reviews for The Daily Dot. And I'm Peter Phobian. I'm a producer at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So, season end. Um, y'all know the drill at home, I think. We'll be going from the bottom up through our uh, initial watch list. I think folks got a little bit confused about this, is that uh, we, you know, stuff may move up and down and gain additional flags that we try to let people know about, but when we're actually just discussing the order to talk about things, we go from the list we made after our premiere reviews just so that it's easy to cross-reference for people. (laughs) (laughs) And for ourselves. And also for us. Uh, With that in mind, Peter, you're basically the only one watching any stuff down in the red flags category. As per usual. Yep. Yep. Um, Is there anything new to add since the mid-season to uh, Copcraft or Dumbbells? Anything new. Dumbbell was Dumbbell. Uh, Copcraft... I can't quite remember what I said the first time, but I think since then, um, I haven't quite finished out the series, but they had a few extra episodes where it was just like, hey, let's create some drama by, like, having some dead women on, like, introduce this episode. Or there's this one bizarre episode where she makes friends with this one, like, prostitute. Like, she becomes friends with her. They spend the whole episode becoming friends, but, like, one's a cop and one's a prostitute, and her uh, partner keeps telling her not to associate with prostitutes it's not a good idea then at the end of the episode um, she did... i think people prefer the term sex worker these days okay. I, mm-hmm. I think prostitute is not really um something that people like to be referred to okay um true so then at the end of the episode like they're talking and she just randomly gets shot in the neck and dies and i guess that's to show you that the world they live in is harsh and cops cannot in oh. fact have friends for some reason thrilling yeah so uh, that was Copcraft, yeah. Great opening. It is maybe the best opening uh, sequence of the season. Yeah. Shame about the rest of it. I yeah. should probably try watching that opening because there are some really fire ones this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Great opening sequence. It's uh, it's beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, what about Abandoned Sacred Beasts? That's the next one up that uh, you're watching. Uh all I have to say is I'm actually kind of disappointed it ended because I read ahead in the manga and they get into this cool shit with like I don't know some sort of devil mineral that was speaking into the brain of the person that created Incarnate uh, and they discover more of it and it, I'm actually really interested in where the manga's going now but in the anime they had to close it off um, and they did it in a very bizarre way with the main character like going Super Saiyan or something uh, but having no actual conclusion and our battle continues and that was the end i i feel like this is one that's run into like repeatedly maybe there's a good idea here but just read the manga if you're kind of interested because the execution of the anime seems to be pretty subpar from the jump um i feel like it was pretty close to it for the majority of the anime i felt that uh skipping the cold open was a mistake especially because it took a long time before you realized that shawl does anything um and she does get a cool moment in the end of the episode um again uh so i I kind of feel like she was more of just a witness to hank than anything else but uh they did manage to cap off the episode with her doing something cool as well to kind of bookend um but, uh, yeah, the, the way they chose to open it and close it were very confusing for me. Mm. Oh, I also feel like they uh, improved one of the subplots with, like, uh, I can't remember what the mythical beast is called. It's like snake lower body and wings instead of arms lady, and she could sing to make people fall asleep. Yeah, uh, her subplot is very brief in the manga and they really expanded the anime and like included shawl a lot more in that one so i feel like that was they deserve some credit for that all right yeah golf claps all around yeah so in, in effect i think they did a poor job introducing shawl but i think they actually gave her more to do in the anime than she had in that portion of the manga 
Uh, what about Iskai Cheat Magician? Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I complain that they almost had a cool thing where, like, that his romantic interest says, no, nah, fuck you, I found a hot elf girlfriend of my own. Uh, but uh, they do a canon romance, and also now he has a harem. They, like, Great. find a... Uh, they have to fight for a kingdom, and the female general wants to fight him, and then when he beats her, she wants to have his kids. That's great. How very of course. Of her. Yeah. There's nothing that an anime, a female anime villain loves more than being defeated. Like, that is the biggest aphrodisiac for them, apparently. Yeah. They already had it. Well, no, she's an ally, actually. So every time they're about to go out into battle, she's like, after this, we're getting married, and I want three kids. And he doesn't like that. But they did have a cool villain who was like that, who she was kind of a, a blood knight. Um, but she really just liked to fight. And I liked that character. And she was a real villain. So they basically kind of just copied it and made it more problematic later in the anime. Great stuff. Cool. Yeah. Woo. Fun. All right. Uh, you were actually kind of pulling for uh, deep for if it's for my daughter, I'd even defeat a demon lord, at least the anime version. How did it close out? Did it do a bunny drop? Uh, it didn't. Uh, the last episode had this weird thing where, uh, like, his ex-girlfriend's going on a mission with him and she's staying in the inn for a week and kind of like picking on um the little girl a lot and Mm -hmm. you kind of get a sense that there might be a rivalry with them because uh she doesn't like that her dad was dating this woman who is attractive it kind of had a bad feeling about it i didn't quite like um i read an interview with the director it didn't tell me too much, like, it didn't make me want to watch the series or anything, but he was just like, they were like, what did you want to accomplish with this adaptation? He's like, I did not want it to be sexual. That's funny. <laughs> no. I like how he'd say that I did loud. not want people to get any whiff of any sexuality from this, from this adaptation. I just wanted it to be cute. Yeah. Cute. Not sexy. Cute. That is the lowest bar, and yet I'm compelled to, you know, backpack. To give him credit, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Thanks for realizing that there were problems with this and trying to avoid them. Maybe I'm just shaken by the fact that I, I recently did a Wikipedia deep dive and realized that Mario Kata was the series composer for Kodomo no Jikan, so I'm, like, rethinking everything in life. <laughs> Wasn't that also fairly early in her career, though? Oh, yeah. Just kind of taking whatever work she can get. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think she chose that project. I think it's one of those that lured in a lot of talented people to work on this steaming trash fire. But, you know, it's made me golf clap for people who, who just want to elevate trash material because they're trying to work. You gotta you gotta put in your time before you get to make the good stuff. All right. Oh, uh, so I guess on the whole, aside of that one bad scene, did the, Peter, do you feel like the director accomplished that goal of this isn't horny it's just cute uh, i mean i don't know if i would say he accomplished only cute because there was that middle portion where like there was some real like intense <laughs> like um violence toward the girl you know with the her crazy teacher being racist uh mm-hmm. nothing about that was cute but i feel like that was dramatic and kind of well developed so that it wasn't just like a purposeful scene of a little girl getting violenced if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I wouldn't say. It wasn't bad. Um, and the end scene, I don't know. It's just like something that's so common. I'm not sure if he really thought about maybe how you could take the competition between the daughter and the guy's ex-girlfriend as being like a romantic rivalry. Um, and I, I don't think it was kind of directed that way. It's just sort of a an atmospheric issue considering my own knowledge of the source material maybe. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, that's a semi-pleasant surprise, I guess, from what we were afraid of at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And uh, with that done, we can actually move on to something that someone besides Peter is watching. Hell yeah. Uh, The season, speaking of problematic trash fires, Fire Force, how you feeling? I don't (sighs) prefer it. I do not prefer it. So I'm still watching it. Okay. Um, I had a realization the other day, though. Go on. Because I really love the theme song just it it really does just like hit me like right there you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. and like i love that sometimes crunchyroll will subtitle lyrics now because the lyrics to it also like really speak to me 
And I realized, what if I'm only so hype, like, I'm only enjoying it this much because the theme song is getting me so hype at the beginning. Damn. And then once the theme song changes, because I heard a clip of what they're using for the theme song for next season, and it's just, like, shitty new metal, and I hate it. <laughs> so I'm curious to see if my enjoyment level and drops that's how Caitlin next. drops <laughs> Fire Force. <laughs> that's yeah. how Caitlin drops Fire Force. I was only watching it for that theme song. Wow. It's a really good theme song, though. All right. Yeah, I agree. Man. <laughs> no fair. I've been in that position. Be careful of Copcraft is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I have no excuse for it. Like, I absolutely hate what they've done with uh tamaki like tamaki deserves better uh aoi yuki deserves better uh hibana just it's like oh he punched her and now she's in love with him yeah it's such a tired fucking trope so Mm -hmm. sick of it but her fire tree really cool super cool I don't know. The The parts that frustrate me are starting to cancel out the parts that I really enjoy. Especially during, like, in the middle, like, of that really intense scene they stopped and had, like, just stopped and lost all momentum to have a, an, an extended, awkward comedy fan service scene. Because Shinra accidentally lands in Tamaki's boobs. Because, oh no, that lucky ledger trickers. Oh, whoops. So yeah, I, I I don't know how long it's going to hold out. The parts that I enjoy, I still really enjoy. But I don't know how much longer I can I can give it a pass. Yeah. My thought is, you know how uh, Soul Eater had like serious characters, but then Death the Kid was just sort of a caricature? He sure did exist and yeah. continued to intrude on scenes. He was just kind of funny and did the thing that he did, and that was his purpose. Uh, uh-huh. That is like Fire Force. It's just Death the Kid. Oh, damn. It's like oh. everybody has the stereotype that they represent, and they only do that thing. There's the dumb night guy. Who's the dumb night guy? There's Tamaki, who... Okay, but he's really entertainingly dumb. Okay. Well, I mean, I thought Death the Kid was funny, so uh, <laughs> I was entertained by Death the Kid. I'm not saying that it's oh, not fair. funny. It's just like, if you want character development, uh, I don't see any. Um, just people do their... Fulfill their roles, some of which are fan service, typically... With the women, uh, that I, being yeah. service, yeah. So it's pretty yeah. frustrating to watch. No, I agree, and is it is frustrating because like the world building is so cool. Yeah, like the the plot has the ability to be like be really interesting, but the characters can be entertaining. But yeah, they really do lack a lot of depth. Yo, but but then Promare. Oh my god, Promare. It's like, Ibaishi's like, get that shit out of here. I'm, oh. I'm going to make something both more hype and woke as hell. Oh, I love Stop Promare. taunting me with the fact that there are no theaters showing Promare oh, near me. Both of you. My bad. Um, but um, I still, I really want someone to make, to either cosplay or make a fan art of um, Hinawa, the lieutenant, um, wearing a MeUndies hat. Because I really enjoy that gimmick of his collection of just terrible baseball caps that he probably got for free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what that that weirdly reminded me of? Remember Ashton Kutcher in, uh, was it Punked? No, I never watched it. Oh, he, like, wore a different trucker baseball hat in every episode, and I thought... He he did (laughs) plague us with the trucker hat trend for a long time. And uh, that's all I could think of with that. Whenever that character's in the scene, he's got a new hat on. Okay, okay, but non-sarcastically, I do want to know if the opening changes your feelings on Fire Force going forward. If that tips all right, the I'll let you know. I, I'll let you know. Jared's probably going to want to keep watching it for a while, so we'll see. All right. Well, how about Doctor Stone? We are all watching that. Although I have not had a chance to finish episode thirteen, I'm only about halfway through it. Hmm. Caitlin, I think you were the most lukewarm on it last time, so how are you feeling? Um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, honestly, it feels like everyone else around me is becoming more lukewarm, or maybe that's just Jared. Um, 
I'm really like the female character designs are bad. Yes. They're just there's there's no excuse for it. Kohaku looks awful. Like her eyes are too far apart and her body's all weird and there are all these like bizarre shots of her, but she's written fine. Suika loves Suika. Suika's the best. Um I just and I just really like I enjoy how the underlying plot stuff is less interesting to me, but um, I enjoy how they're showing science as just this like ridiculous, like almost like a Rube Goldberg machine. Because mm-hmm. it's like we're trying to make sulfa drugs. To make sulfa drugs, we need this. And to get that, we need this. And then to get that, we need this. Which is, is I'm not a STEM person, but it's really fun to just sort of see like how these all of the pieces fit together mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely had the revelation on twitter the other day that oh this anime is for like kids in the 90s who are reading those that survival ya boom like hatchet and my side of the mountain and then everything made a lot more sense <laughs> yeah but also like that but bill nye the science guy in hatchet mm-hmm. call it yeah. like bunsen or something i i gotta say i'm not I mean, I am enjoying it, but, like, part of me is dreading when we inevitably snap over to what's been going on at Tsukasa's place. Yeah. Because that's not going to be fun in science That's just going to be shown in bullshit. What do you mean? If we're- I, I assume we will have a time where we, you know, figure out what Team Spy Undercover has been doing. But a lot of what I'm enjoying right now is that kind of, we can do it, we can come together with science. And I love the fact that they set up a tournament arc, the worst thing of any shonen anime ever, and then immediately went to, and here's how we're gonna rig it. Yeah. That was charming. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I feel like, I, I, I mean, I guess I don't know, but I'm kind of worried that- when we have to, you know, switch over to the other camp, it's gonna be a lot more serious business, which I feel like is not a thing this show does as well. Although I liked the sulfa pool episode, it got me in the feelings. Yeah, it was stressful. It was stressful. Yeah, I uh, I think it's pretty well executed on the manga. I'm curious what you'll actually think when they start introducing Tsukasa stuff in more, because uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't really have a problem with any of that. You did promise me Francois, and uh, there has been no Francois, Peter. Oh, Francois isn't for a while. Francois is a more recent development. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, Francois is coming. And Suika is great in the meantime. She's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like uh, the whole gorilla thing, but I do think that the anime kind of frames people doing that as them being assholes. Yeah, but you could say the same for Fire Force. I'm just, I'm getting tired of that trip, and just in general. I'm I'm getting tired of like girls being strong, being made fun of for being gorillas, even if they're showing the person who do it who does it as an asshole. Like I'm just tired of it. Like just let girls be strong and be happy about being strong, mm-hmm. and like without giving them shit for it. You know? Yeah. yeah. There there comes a point where just positive normalization is the more effective thing. Then yeah. watching this has definitely uncovered that thing that i've always kind of felt about shonen that like i am enjoying watching this like it's a pleasant show to watch every week um i definitely don't miss it when i'm not watching it you know so like if some if i hadn't gotten on the the train when it when it left the station and somebody had come to me 25 episodes in and be like oh man dr stone's really fun i'd look at the log the backlog and be like yeah but think of all the other anime i could be watching right now i feel like it's that kind of show yeah yeah, well, it's definitely popular, I'll say that much. Yeah, no, I like it. I also think the a- anime adaptation um, really did well with the important scenes like uh, the light bulb and uh, the glasses scenes in particular. Like, those oh, are yeah, pretty those were really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you watch the, uh, the behind-the-scenes documentary by Crunchyroll... Which I did not. Oh, Which I haven't yet, but I know you worked very hard on it. You know, the director uh, talks about how he, like, kind of framed the scene in his mind and wanted to do it, and, like, how important that scene felt personally to him. So you kind of get, like, some cool insights into... I don't know, just, like, it's cool that he, like, recognized that he really needed to give that scene a special moment, and then, like, how he kind of built it so that it would be 
good and dramatic. There's definitely a, a good sense of sincerity from the creative team with this. Like, I feel like a lot of big shonen can kind of be checking off boxes at a certain point because they're guaranteed success. Mm-hmm. But but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the, the there's a there's a sense that the crew is really excited about the material they're adapting. Yeah, yeah. Even if Kohaku's design is you're right, Caitlin, the worst. Just the worst. Just fugly. It's just yeah, it's bad. It's not even like oh so fan servicey. Like she looks bad. Mm-hmm. And Boichi is a has a, a style. But even compared to like Yuzuriha, looks bad. I yeah, any final thoughts on that before we move forward? <laughs> I will continue to watch it. Yep, and keep watching it. Good stuff. Hey, all right, Peter. How did your mom shake out? Uh, bad. It's really bad. Oh, I can't believe you said that about your mom. Uh, love your yeah. mom, Peter. It's just. Why don't you love your mom and her two-hit multi-attack? <laughs> I don't know. It might be all the fan service. Still bad, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, they just, uh, they, like, remember how in the first arc they uh, had that arc where it could have had, they could have been saying something good about found families and stuff, but they did the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They didn't even present themselves with opportunity to do things anymore. Like, the arc with Medi, they do something where, like, her mom's just very domineering and she, it just, like, is secretly resents her mom but does everything she says and uh she ends up turning into a dragon because of her anger and then they have to defeat Mitty and not really her mom which sucks and i don't feel like they really even open the door for them to maybe have a good message in that story arc and then the last arc just i don't know there's nothing there's nothing about relationships between moms and their children which is probably better because i feel like the only thing they were really doing with that is kind of a romanticizing the ideal of a mother uh, in a very unhealthy way i can't remember somebody wrote uh, an article recently or had something to comment about kind of the culture around motherhood where you kind of romanticize mothers but fail to recognize that mothers are like where do they come from oh uh, like women <laughs> so yeah and, and you don't treat the women well or like give them the leeway to decide to become a mother and then you wonder why your populations are diminishing uh it, it kind of feels like that's just a very concise description of do you love your mother it's like do you love the idea of your mother yeah 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 that's a bummer to have when you have one good episode and then it just doesn't so much go off the tracks is like jump the tracks and like fall into a volcano and explode yeah it's like hey we are aware of what we're doing and have genre awareness but we'll not utilize that in any manner and continue to play into the genre that we are maybe kind of doing a satire on no it's actually very just in your face it's what we're doing no no we pointed it out and therefore it's okay to just do the thing because we said we're doing the thing yeah we're aware of the genre so now we can do whatever the fuck we want and it's a it's a deconstruction now all right that's depressing uh the next one is kind of weird because peter you have finished astro lost in space i picked up the manga after the mid-season and have been enjoying it a lot but i've only read the first three volumes which is up to about when uh the ship gets damaged uh, and Caitlin, you are watching the anime, but also behind, and you've read yeah. all of the manga, yes? No, I have not okay. read the manga. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm halfway through the anime. I've watched six episodes, um, because, uh, I blame Fire Emblem. <laughs> Fair. So, yeah, I can't offer a complete wreck on how it how it shook out uh, i will say that luca is my son and i want to protect him they're all good children but okay. i um well, that's good actually yeah we we did kind of touch on this last time and i couldn't men- talk about it because i hadn't started the manga and obviously i'm still not an expert because i'm trans i'm not intersex they're overlapping but not the same thing um i thought it was definitely the most respectful portrayal i've seen it's certainly not after school nightmare which makes me want to light things on fire or requiem of the rose king which kind of throws intersex people under the bus in the name of like exploring feelings about dysphoria um i it felt like it was trying to be 
non-fetishy and respectful, even if it also it still kind of falls into that trap of, well, I've got I've got you know dual sex characteristics, so that makes me bisexual. And I'm like, okay, sweetie, no. no. But but the manga did do a pretty good job of being of having him like articulate gender fluidity and like I feel like I've got male and female traits and sometimes that changes between day to days and right now I feel like this but I might feel like that later so that was that was nice and I really want him and his dumb tall crush Ungar to have a nice date after all this is over and all (laughs) these children to have a nice time Mm. oh no sorry about the date (laughs) oh oh yeah yeah Oh, a couple people don't get together though, so I don't. I don't know if I felt like Luca was uh, singled out necessarily. Um, the series has very weird romances in it. I mean, I'm not opposed to them. Like the uh, the doctor and the super genius guy was a very weird couple that kind of came together in a in a stupid way, but it was funny, and I'm fine with uh, it. Childhood friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, I, there's there's a scene where. Uh, she obviously really likes him and uh, he's so oblivious though she gets really frustrated and like almost just gives up on him entirely and she get in like a final last of desperation she's like do you not realize that I like you and he's like well we're getting married <laughs> and she goes what Aww. he's like when we were kids we said we you said hey you should marry me when we grow up and I said yes she's like we were six and he's like yeah but I was serious <laughs> so, oh no that's cute <laughs> And she, so they were actually a couple the whole time. She just didn't know it because <laughs> she didn't remember that time when they were six when he agreed to marry her. So I'm, I'm so surprised by how much I really, really like the entire cast. Yeah, they do a good job. Although I'm, I'm kind of super glad that I was reading the manga for the beach episode because then I could just kind of get through that as quickly as possible and feel slightly less tired. Yeah. I also think that uh, the singing girl, like her subplot, I don't know. I don't feel like they do much with her. I mean, I liked her initial, like, as as a thing about verbal abuse. I thought that it was pretty potent, her initial arc. And then after that, it's just, she has boobs. She's got boobs. But I I thought her initial arc was pretty touching. Yeah, I thought her arc was nice. It's just before and after she doesn't do anything. Uh, Like, if she'd become a more present character after the fact or something. Or they spent some time showing that it's, like, not easy to continue breaking out of your shell after something like that even if you start making some steps that would have been nice anything like that basically she's just kind of like she just fades to the background once she stops getting in the way there is a very cute four coma in the back of the manga about about you know they put the puppet on her and she wants to do dorky teenage gossip with with kitori and uh aries and i don't know i thought that was cute but yeah, no, in in the in the plot proper, it's just her arc is done. We're going to set her over to the side now. Mhm. So yeah. that's that's probably my major complaint. The ending like has these crazy ass twists <laughs> that I am still like watching the anime. Uh, in the manga I was surprised. I'm like, I accept these twists despite the fact that if I spend time to think about it, it's probably pretty absurd, but also maybe planned. And in the anime, it also felt like, I don't know, the, the twists feel really good, despite the fact that they are out there, super out there. Um, so I, I guess in that way, the anime executed well in the manga. It was a good yeah, time. Yeah, I think we were talking about it on Slack, and you called the anime perfectly fine for people who are never going to get around to the manga. Uh, I just want to say there are some like challenges, obviously. It's a sci-fi series. Uh, they have a very big spaceship, which is probably a pain in the ass, even with 3D CG. So, uh, there's definitely like a lot of work to do in that kind of anime just to make everything look nice. And I think it looked nice. And, uh, at no point did I ever look at it and think like, oh, the animation got really bad here or anything like that. So I think they, um, they made everything look good, um, it's just they like at no point did I ever feel like they did something really cool with a particular moment that you could only have done in anime and not the manga, I guess. Right. It's it's just another vehicle for people who process things through different mediums, not this elevated this or this was much worse than this. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to finishing it as soon as the library coughs up uh volume four for me. Uh and Caitlin, you gonna finish the anime or pick up the manga or Um, I plan to finish the anime. I predict having plenty of time to do that in the next season. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, next season is looking rough. It's looking real rough. But before that, let's celebrate. Uh, we can talk about our, our top four now, uh, which is exciting. It's all things that are that mostly came out pretty good, I think. Uh, so let's start with maybe the messiest because Mario Kata. Uh, oh, Maidens in your savage season. Someone else talk besides me for a second. <laughs> um, I loved it. I loved Oh, Maidens in your savage season. Uh, best best title of the sh- of the season, best anime of the season, maybe not, but still truly excellent. Um, I really en- just enjoyed how uh, everything shook out in the end. Mm. Um, it-, it felt like a really good conclusion. I only had one problem, mm-hmm. and this is not a problem with the individual, but so much so much as a problem with the tendency, which is. Every show I watch where a high school character gets pregnant, she has the baby. Mm. Every single time. And they always lionize her for it. Like, oh, you know, she. it may not be ideal circumstances, but she's really thinking about what's best for her baby. Which really right. frustrates me. Like, come on, guys. Media in general, of any medium that, like, really, like, shows abortion as some something like an acceptable decision is rare the only show i can want i can think of that showed a character like choosing to get an abortion because that was the right choice for her uh was working moms which i have a whole slew of other issues with but um that was my one problem with the oh maidens mm. That was it, huh? <laughs> well, okay. I no, my that was my one major problem. As we talk, fair more I'm will surface. <laughs> more will surface. I have really mixed feelings about Mila Sensei. Oh, I just wanted <laughs> him to be fired. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was what he was trying to avoid, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I've I've come around that like he he probably wasn't enjoying the whole thing with Hongo. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did bad. Uh huh. He made a lot of bad decisions there. Like I can understand. I can sort of understand him being like, "Oh no, what do I do?" He did a bad job. Yeah, I feel like Hongo's whole arc is one of those things where, like, in its broadest strokes, you know, high schooler has crush on teacher feels feels feelings about it eventually gets over it because i really liked that little shot in the epilogue i thought that was sweet but i feel like she okaded at it too hard and spent the end spent way too much time on it that frankly should have been going to momoko um it's not that i think having an arc about a student crushing on a teacher is necessarily the worst thing but i think it spent so much time on it that it ended up feeling really lurid and like it wanted to have its cake and eat it um, as far as like sexualizing this, um, and not just dealing with with her frustrations and her feelings, I, I, and so it it ended up being this really uncomfortable thing in a way that did not feel deliberate, like Nina's stuff with her horrible teacher. Right. I think in the end it became clear that it was deliberate, just because the love hotel scene was so horrendously uncomfortable. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right, but then you have, like, the scene of her being like, oh, man, I just, like, I I don't care that I'm being really pathetic. I just like that I got attention. And then the next thing you hear from her is is her having gotten over it, which is good. But, like, there's such a disconnect there of, oh, shit, we ran out of time. Yeah, I, I, the part that, like, well, I didn't like any of it, but there's also, like, the whole reason that that even started happening was because she was frustrated with the fact that she couldn't write good sex scenes, right? And I feel right. like the anime, like, on episode four, forgot that she was a writer entirely. And after that, it was just yeah. her pursuing this yeah. guy. And there was there was no more objective anymore, I guess. Like, I don't know whether she was fooling herself and she actually liked the teacher the whole time. But I'm like, like, what happened to her being an aspiring author? That seemed like an important part of her character until it just fulfilled her purpose for her, like, I don't know, chasing after her teacher. 
Yeah, like, I buy her going from, like, putting a name on it to thinking, oh, no, I, I really do just have a crush. But the fact that the story itself forgets that she has these writing ambitions does kind of suck. Um, what if she just had a casual hookup with somebody her age via that site and then started writing sex scenes and none of that teacher bullshit happened? Magical. Yeah. I, I'm also extremely torn on the Momoko subplot. Oh, yeah. I, like, I hated that yeah. resolution. I'm with you. Uh, on the on the one hand, and I may or may not end up writing about this, I don't know. On the one hand, if we presume that this is an anime made for a presumed heterosexual audience, it's a step up from show, like basically all shonen and a lot of shoujo where Nina's reaction is not to be grossed out or to be or to to call momoko horrible names or to push her even or any of those things that are like haha permissible isn't it creepy that your friend has a crush on you like her whole thing is i want to try and figure this out because your friendship is really important to me and so like in just the long tradition of how anime deals with queer secondary characters and friend groups i feel like it's trying really hard and like it is real for for baby gays to develop crushes on their friends and their friends don't like them back and they get over it and life goes on. But at the same time, it's, and and like Nina doesn't end up with Izumi either. So it's not like Momoko is the only one who doesn't get with her crush. But at the same time, I wanted so much more for her because she has it so rough and like she doesn't have any little moments of joy that the other characters get at any point. It's all just like, just c- constant blows. The, the scene where she's on the phone is so rough. Like, please protect this baby. I very much want to see the uh, the epilogue that's being packaged with the last volume of the manga when it comes out as a Tonkoban. Because I assume that's not what, what we saw in the last, like, during the credits of the anime. It's not, like, I, and a lot of, I mean, that's been the experience with the whole anime is that I felt like its highs were really high. Like, I liked that Nina finally got to punch what's his fuck in the face and oh, I Oh, like, that was so good. Uh-huh. Second and most satisfying anime face punch. The fucking forest of nose hairs. God. That scene is so much. And and like I I like Kasasa and Izumi. I think they're like sweet as sort of just, you know, a, a first relationship the ship that's probably not going to make it to college, but they're nice. And and I like Sonazaki and her boyfriend, and they're cute. I, I am a little disappointed, honestly, that um, her friend who got pregnant, you know, just is so transparently a plot device. Like, it's yeah. sweet, <laughs> it, it's sweet, sweet that Sonazaki got over her not-like-other-girls-ness, but then, like, she got expelled and we're not worried about her anymore. Okay, bye. Yeah, no, that was a bummer, especially since, like, you expected, like, when she introduced her boyfriend, it was a very different guy from, I think, anyone was expecting. Just, like, a very, like, normal guy who this girl is just, like, super in love with. And, like, part of, like, their relationship is being sexually active, and there's nothing wrong with that, because... That's just how it is in most relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they were making an attempt to humanize her for a while, and then she served her purpose and disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Big plot device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that conversation, like, opened a door to the show trying to talk about the split model of attraction, which was interesting, and then it just kind of gave up on it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, it's Mario, like, in the view of... Mario Kata things or Mario Kata things. I feel like the the positives I got out of this were more than the things that frustrated me. Which is kind of all I ask of her at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a it feels like a low bar. It's like she's not an auteur because she's really good at working in teams, but it's the same kind of expectations I bring to like watching a David Cronenberg movie of like, you're sure doing your weird things that you're obsessed with again. Mm-hmm. But I guess I liked it. Or Kojima, like, same feel. Yeah. Which I think is a fairly rare approach for for women in the creative fields. People tend to give them a very cutthroat, all-or-nothing approach. So I'm trying to cut her leeway where I can, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, any final thoughts on this one? Just, you know, I love it. It's a, a messy work about a messy subject. And it's definitely one of the best shows of the season. It's it's really quite striking. Like if you're up for the for the ride and the sub like the sort of not always well handled subject matter. Like I think it's a ride worth taking. Also, best ending theme. Best ending theme. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the ending theme is. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of plinky plonky j-pop but i just found it really cute and the lyrics are very apropos for the show in a very affirming way and i don't know i liked it a lot okay yeah so vinland saga that's not finished that's going to be ongoing yes yeah how's it going uh, i'm not as enthused about it as i am i as i was at the start oh no oh that's too bad um it's not that it's doing anything wrong it's just that like <sighs> It has the the balance has shifted fairly dramatically, and it's become more like it's become sort of these like you know quiet, thoughtful scenes in between all of the moments of like violent of Vikings murdering each other, and that has sort of become that has that has sort of felt like what the show is more interested in right now, and I'm like. I have like vague spoilers and I'm really like waiting for more of the like to move on from this arc because it is less interesting to me watching Vikings kill each other. Oh, have you read the manga? No. Okay. So are you are you sure that this that <laughs> this is an arc and not just the manga? I don't know. Like I don't know. All right. Well, I'm I'm behind personally on this one. Um I first even though I'm I'm pretty down for Villain Saga for some reason I felt the need to keep up with uh, some other a non CR anime during my when I was finished with my obligations. So that's why I finished O Maidens. That's such a win. <laughs> like it's not wrong, but God, you're just out in the anime trenches every season. I am. I'm battling. Uh I'm a warrior. But uh yeah, I I I think I was more curious about how the conclusions to O Maidens and Astral Lost in Space would be executed than making sure I was up to date on Vinland Saga, since it it is a very long manga, and I assume a lot of it is Viking combat, um, and it sounds like it was at least more of the same, and nothing um, very mind-blowing has happened since. So, I plan to watch it. Yeah, and we'll have time to touch on it again in future season end podcasts i'm sure because if it's that long it'll be going for a while yeah so peter this next one is your anime of the season yes you've been talking about it a lot um yeah i I was having trouble like determining if i even had an anime of the season i had a bunch of anime that i would consider pretty lateral for different reasons i think granville was the one i was kind of interested in the most week to week like i wonder what will happen next and also mm-hmm. the one I felt kind of uh, obliged to champion since it didn't seem like many people on my TL were watching. And it was mm. very, it's one of those like gaps between quality and viewership that kind of blow my mind sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Like it's not, it's definitely not my favorite. I think I am glad that I watched it and it was neat watching an anime like this unfold week to week. It's the kind of show that I usually come to after the fact. I yeah. feel like it wasn't always successful at balancing when it wanted to be grand drama, which it was only kind of mediocre at, and balancing like those really quiet character moments, which I feel like it did super well. Yeah. But one thing I'll say about it is that this is probably this is probably the dark magical girl anime that comes closest to balancing like despair, tragedy porn, and a hopeful overall message and and thematic you know content since madoka back in 2013 yeah yeah it feels like uh they're suffering but there's a purpose behind their suffering and like they're actually also accomplishing things sometimes so it's it's like the suffering um Mm -hmm. might be worth it for some characters who will maybe achieve something and it didn't like as much as I I really did not like how Anna's arc ended and I hated the Kuan and Suisho stuff because damn they piled so many predatory lesbian tropes on Suisho all at once. Yeah. It was kind of impressive. But 
but like it did I still wasn't numb like it didn't pile on so thick that I thought why do I care about this anymore so that like when they had episode I think it was 10 with Mangetsu where she's, you know, you have that scene with the fireworks. It was genuinely pretty bittersweet and touching. And I thought it really worked. Oh yeah. I was like, how is there two episodes left? It seems like they're about to go into the final uh, conflict. And then they had an episode where everybody camped and it was really good. (laughs) Yeah. The camping episode was real, real good. Yeah. And so necessary. Yeah. Oh no! It was th- it was like three episodes even because the episode after that they uh-huh. fight and then th- then this last episode was like more fighting slash conclusion. Yeah, mm-hmm. would, what a good camping episode! Damn, camping is really good. How'd you feel about the ep- like the the denouement? I guess like the credits scene. I felt like it was pretty interesting. I I, I saw your tweet about it being brave, uh, and I I kind of agree. Um, I felt like her dialogue got a little confusing, so I didn't quite, like, did Mangetsu wrap around to existing again or something? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, the exchange student thing, I don't know if they had, like, a real intention behind that, like, who it was supposed to be, or they just, like, figured they'd drop a mystery on you just before the credits roll. I was like, is that supposed to be mm-hmm. Mangetsu? Uh, like, I literally don't know who that's supposed to be or why it's important. I have to assume it's meant to be Mangetsu. Yeah, I... I to feel and that, that's weird i don't really feel like it's necessary I, I i don't know it's kind of weird she's like locked in non-existence forever but like what she wanted to do was something that absolutely would require sacrifice and mm-hmm. i felt like that was kind of appropriate but they made it bittersweet rather than just like kind of like this horrific fate that she would suffer forever it's definitely a, an ending that leaves a lot of a lot of ambiguity, but in a way that didn't feel cheap or frustrating to me. Like the fact that the f- those are like there are forget me nots in the courtyard, um, and they bloom. Does that mean that the magic is not all gone? And is it because she changed her wish, or is it just because magic will never really go away? Because Mangetsu has that line like way earlier in the series about how you know none of this is ever really forgotten, and like what does that mean? But. Like, it doesn't feel like it's just poor writing on the show's part. It feels kind of elegant in a way I sort of appreciate. Yeah, and I think it was very good that they showed how all of the people who had devoted so much to this, like, really arcane, awful ritual that had been being repeated uh, for, like, a thousand years were, like, freed from uh, the magic, which I know, like, kind of functionally should be able to let you do a lot of things that you don't, like, that you couldn't otherwise, but instead was kind of forcing them into this system where... They would just suffer, and all of them had kind of uh, good to bittersweet endings. So you can see how Shingetsu actually improved all their lives and ended up kind of saving people from having to uh, have magic, the the blessing curse of magic. Mm -hmm. I I do expect at least a dozen fanfics and or comics about how that was totally Mangetsu, and she can still see Shingetsu, and they like tenderly hold hands by on my desk by monday yeah all right uh, I, I get it <laughs> yeah it's like uh oh what the hell would it be i don't know like natsumi's book of friends after that or something an sol with your imaginary friend yes good uh yeah so honestly i think you're right a lot of people slept on this one and it deserves even if it won't be to everybody's taste i think it deserves a look yeah it was really interesting and came out of nowhere it was like mm-hmm I think, like, Sumitomo putting together this original project. Like, I can't... Uh, I feel like I need to emphasize the, how good the production was. The music was amazing. The production was extremely good. The background art, uh, especially when it got into, like, the weird psychedelic magic realms, was amazing. Like, the framing and direction were amazing. Like, it was a really, really, really good production. Like, Yeah, I was kind of hard on, like, the robot combat and the f- robot combat in the first couple episodes, but I feel like by that final big climactic uh, finale, it looked really impressive. Yeah, that finishing blow too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) All right, that brings us to the last one on our list because Dunn gave Ensemble Stars the boot. I'm sorry. Uh, So our finale is Given, which is good and full of feelings. Well, finale before we talk about the shows that finished this season 
Oh, that's true. I always forget about sequels and carryovers. Last original anime of the season, given a gay oh, so anime good. of the season. They, they love. They went on a date and it was nice and oh they played God. the song. Oh, it was so sweet. Um, I I really expected um, Masuyu's song to be the song from the ending theme song. But so, but like the it so it totally blew me away and just like just the raw power of it was just absolutely incredible yeah i i feel like that song got a lot of hype so people were wondering eh, is it really yes it's really that good it's really that good yeah no i also because i i watched i fell behind with it um because fire emblem and everything is Fire Emblem's fault. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it completely blew me away when I watched it. Like, just yeah, so it, much, like, just raw pathos in it. That's, uh, Shogo Yano, who's his voice actor. So, like, eight billion hats off to him. Like, fuck. Yeah. Just, no, just I'm 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 getting quiet because I'm remembering it and I'm remembering the experience of watching it. It was just so incredibly powerful. Yeah, this this ended up being like it's it's a sweet love story, uh, but it's also it also ended up being this really beautiful little restrained character drama about dealing with grief and loss and survivor's guilt and a lot of really heavy subjects without feeling like a tacky melodrama. Yeah, it really just handled all of that so well. And I I got, there's a movie coming, supposedly. And I can see how there's still, I can see why the manga's still going, because you, you can have shenanigans with the fact that they can't let anybody know they're dating. And, you know, um, Aki and uh, uh, Haru- Haruki. Ha- Akihiko yeah. and Haruki. Akihiko and Haruki haven't gotten together yet. And I don't, it's not that I don't. It's kind of that I don't care about them. Like, I like them individually, Aww. but I I don't care about them getting together. Honestly, I feel like Haruhi would be better off if he dated the nice undercut man. Because mm. maybe it's just because I've heard those kind of disappointing manga spoilers. Yeah. You don't want to get invested. Yeah. But and honestly, I think- he's already got someone he's sleeping with. His shitty sociopath boyfriend who gives me Vampire Chronicles flashbacks, yes. <laughs> but don't you like Vampire Chronicles flashbacks? I, I do. He does remind me of, of Lestat's shitty violinist <laughs> nihilist boyfriend. <laughs> but like, is he gonna die? I don't think he's gonna die in this one. It's like, if there's one thing I know about Vry, is that Vry will take any opportunity to not talk about Vampire Chronicles, so. That's true. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> but, like, like e- even though there there are those kind of ongoing threads, I feel like this 11 episodes is pretty effectively self-contained. Yeah, no, I think definitely, it definitely, like told a really solid story i'm gonna read the manga i'm gonna read the fuck out of the manga once it like i've got the first volume pre-ordered already oh they well Um, of course they licensed it but i guess i just missed the announcement um yeah no i've i've got it pre-ordered on the right stuff um it's it's gonna be good times um nice i like how like after the whole like first drama like the the drama of getting this song like it really kind of lightened up a bit like uh-huh the, the <laughs> like yeah, just... the, the scene with in Ritsuka's head it's mutual god that's so <laughs> so peak the farewell party for that age <laughs> the farewell party for virgin Ritsuka <laughs> <laughs> It was all just very good. Um, it made me, it just made me smile inside. Okay, um, I have a question. Does Mafuyu read as autistic to anyone else? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Actually, we have a piece. Somebody is writing for the site about that right now. Oh, damn, we um, are getting up to the hour mark. Uh, we should probably uh, talk about sequels really fast. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Peter, Demon Slayer, yes, no? Uh, yes, no, huh? Uh, yeah, yes? Uh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I think it's a pretty good story uh, with a very good adaptation. Um, I think it's got some major problems and ended on probably the poorest note it could have because it was all about uh, just a lot of Zenitsu around women, and that is a not a good recipe, Zenitsu plus any women mm. at all. Demon Slayer seems like... Like, I wanted to watch Demon Slayer, but I ended up, like, falling behind and then it being not worth it. But it seems like it's not good to its female characters. Uh, well, there's very few of them. Um, I think Bug Girl is interesting. Uh, but then I, I don't even know what the other girl's deal is. She's one of the Hashira, so she's one of the elite. Eight, six, I don't remember how many. Um, but she's got a pretty big boob window and is very ditzy. And that seems to be her character concept. Well, it's in like, well, like, and I'm sure I've said all these things on the podcast before but like the sister character whose name i can't even remember right now nezuko um, nezuko yeah future like, best girl at the anime awards you mean like the the silent anything? yeah Probably. the silent object yeah. who stays out of sight whenever she's not needed look i'm just prognosticating the future okay i'm not yeah. saying yeah i didn't say you were wrong i yeah so the series kind of ended on a low point because it's just ended to being a piece of shit um interspersed with some other stuff and apparently they're making a movie out of the next arc which was literally my least favorite part of the manga which is very curious to me because they're trying to do their big like moment where shit gets real but there's absolutely no prior development so it just fell flat for me and now they're divorcing it from any other content that could possibly aid in building it up to so i feel like it will just expound on the problems of the manga very very odd choice but maybe they'll do it i mean it's like basically the most popular anime right now so there's obviously something it's doing right well maybe putting it in a movie will at the very least make it easy to snip off from the rest of everything else if it's your least favorite arc oh it's uh no it's kind of like the big turning point so um ah yeah yeah, that also feels weird that it's going to be. It's kind of like if they do another season, they'll have to say, okay, watch these 26 episodes, then watch the movie, then watch the next 26 episodes. Not quite sure what Ufotable is planning or if they're just going to leave it off there. Hmm. I mean, the anime probably also already got as much budget as some other major Shonen Jump titles that got adaptations. Uh, it's gorgeous. Demon Slayer won the lottery. I don't know what's going on. Um, but, I mean, the story has its positive points. I like Inosuke and Tanjiro a lot. Um, I feel like Nezuko's a bis- big missed opportunity, though. Mm. And Zenitsu shouldn't exist, just like Mineta. Duly noted. Uh, Caitlin, I cannot I cannot in good conscience not let you talk about Fruits Basket. How's the adaptation oh, going? You and I Peter mean, can find we, it out now. We need to have a, 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 <laughs> we need to have a whole episode about Fruits Basket. Honestly, there's so much there to dig into. Um, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I have loved it for over a decade. And this new adaptation is incredible. It's so good. Good. Mm. It really like, it hits all the emotional beats very well. The adaptation covers a little bit past where the old one did, like literally, like, instead of it ending with Kyo's true form, it had that's the penultimate episode, so it can sort of deal with a little bit of the emotional fallout from that and not feel like, be like, well, everything's healed now because uh, Taru accepted Kyo and um, everything's, and everyone's okay. Like, there's still a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah. No, it's gorgeous. Um... And I'm really loving it. And I know Peter doesn't agree. Yeah, honestly, I think I do think we should get like you and D and Peter to just do an episode on this first season of Fruits Basket. Like it feels unfair to try and stick all of that into the very end of the season end podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot happening there. Yeah, I, I hereby by saying it, bring it into bring it into life. Y'all do that now. okay i uh i will say that people i know who watch the original series all seem to say this one's better um and there's some definite stuff i like but i'm i'm not the intended audience anyway so um Mm. maybe my opinion doesn't have as much value oh no i think definitely it doesn't so uh yeah 
I'm happy to talk about it in another podcast, though. Yeah, no, I am. I'm not. I'm zero percent joking. That yeah. is a thing that I think our listeners would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leaves uh, Waver Velvet does a thing. Lord Elmaloy, the second case files. Oh. Which you are both watching the fate spinoff. I'm like two episodes behind, and I I haven't watched the last episode. Um, but I'm not loving it as much as a lot of people seem to. Same. Here's the thing. Um, this week in anime on Anime News Network has kind of a tendency to say exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about a show. Um, it's probably not totally a coincidence because I am friends with everyone who, who works on that. Um, but it's like, I enjoyed the first half more when it was just like, just waver being a complete disaster um with like mysteries interspersed throughout but mostly it was just waver being like just a trash garbage man pretending to be cool (laughs) but the second half has like which is like the full story arc like the rail zeppelin that the that the um the series is named for like it has way less of like just waver being un un like trying to hide that he's a complete dork. Um, too much of waver actually like almost looking cool. I don't care about Gray, um, except that her incantation is like really dumb. It just looks like someone took a rhyming dictionary because she's like wave. Crave, rave, <laughs> bathe. I don't know. I don't like. It's just like okay, guys. This does not sound cool in English at all. Um. So yeah, like there are some characters I enjoy. The highlight of the series for me was still the time when Waver was upset because his favorite sandwich shop closed. That sounds amazing. He slipped out of that gruff voice into, like, the same whine that he had in Fate Zero. Because <laughs> like, he was just so upset and he was mad at one of his students. Um, but yeah, no, I am, it's, it's fine. It's fine. A lot of other people seem to like it. Um, it's just not like, totally working for me. Yeah. I think it was better when it was Isolated Mysteries because its greatest weakness was rather than being, like, fun, ridiculous magic mystery, it got into, like, convoluted 70 paragraphs of metaphysics that really don't work if you try to pick it apart at all. And that Yeah, it's all just... They'll spend, like, 10 minutes talking about something just like, oh, well, this works because this, this, this. And it's like, it's all word salad. Yeah, and that is way more prevalent in the later half with the Rail Zeppelin and... Yeah, I'm just like, wow, like, it's it's hard for me to feel strongly about any of this when all of it requires at least five minutes of explaining what the hell, like, the thing even is that gave you the revelation that helped you solve the mystery. It's yeah, Also, the salad. name Dark Dr. Heartless is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's so close, right? It's so close to being, like, an over-the-top, <laughs> cool, magical mystery, but, yeah, keeps fucking up. And uh, they made Hephaestion a girl, which is not fantastic. Because she's obsessed with, uh, what's his face? I can't remember. Well, you, do you know you know who Hephaestion was historically? Uh, no, I don't know that one. Uh, he, was, he was Alexander the Great's lover. Uh, okay. Oh, it yeah. It was like his big deal. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that I doesn't. I don't love that, that and I don't that, even go here. That feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, she's hot. Yeah. But I can only fix so many wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a bummer note to end on, but I feel like we enjoyed a lot of things this season, and it's going to be so much worse this fall. I keep seeing people being like, oh, this is a weak season. I only watched four shows. I'm like, first of all, four is a solid season for me. Second Mm -hmm. of all, what are you even talking about? And then the four shows are like, I'm only watching like Fire Force, Doctor Stone, and Demon Slayer. Uh, Demon Slayer. Oh, so you did like, it oh. wrong. It's like, oh, you're basic. 
Tim. Right. All right. Well, I better wrap us up. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Listeners, we love you, even if you're basic. <laughs> if you liked this uh, episode, you can find more of our podcast by going to SoundCloud and looking up Chatty AF if you, or going on to our website at AnimeFeminist.com. If you really liked this, you can consider going to our Patreon, maybe, at Patreon.com slash AnimeFeminist. Uh, pitch us... Even a dollar a month really helps us to continue to create content on the page and in your earbuds. Uh, if you want to talk to us, you can always find us on social media. We're on Facebook at Anime Femme. We are on Tumblr at Anime Feminist. And we are on Twitter at Anime Feminist. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you in the fall.